Why, that can mean only one thing. Cousin Rick is calling in from Needham, Massachusetts with Rick's Tech Talk. <laughs> Good morning, Cousin Rick. Good morning, R.T. Hey, how are I you? I thought you were going to have uh, Babu O'Reilly. <laughs> I was uh, reaching, reaching deep into the archives there. <laughs> yeah, hit the Baba button. <laughs> okay, well, uh, how's the weather in Needham today? Well, it's one of these milky, sunny days. It's uh, maybe about 40 degrees. Mm-hmm. And uh, although I'm just waiting for my preemptive pardon. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, just line up. And I, I understand right. if you have enough money, you know, you can get uh, cut, in, cut in front. <laughs> yeah, you get, get out of jail free card. I know. Isn't that nice? Well, anyway. <laughs> but, but only for a federal offense. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, yeah. And, uh, well, you know, I, today is the last day of this insanity. It's, it's really a wonderful thing. I, <laughs> I feel pretty good. <laughs> well, I think there'll be enough insanity uh, spilling over for a while. Yeah, I suppose so. But uh, anyway, uh, it seems like we're heading in the right direction anyway. Okay, well, let's uh, see. Do, uh, do you have a ride of the week for us? Oh, we've got a ride of the week. But before we get into that, we yes. just have to remind our listeners that if you happen to miss a Tech Talk, you can find many of these archived at rpmnewsweekly.com. All right. So we, we say thanks for the to the folks there for keeping us alive on the internet. All right. Very good. Okay. Very good. Yeah, this week's or this, yeah, this week's ride of the week is the Kia K5 GT line model. Now, this is a mid-size sedan, the Kia K5 for 2021. The uh, K5 takes the place of the Optima and which is the equivalent of the Hyundai the Hyundai rather excuse me, mispronounced, the Hyundai Sonata, which is also, and they're also a competitor to the Toyota Camry, the Honda Accord, and the Nissan Altima. But our car is the Kia K5 GT line model, and ours came in a wolf gray paint. It's kind of a light gray. It's kind of a it's kind of nondescript, but at the same time, it's kind of stealthy. Hmm. So that uh, that's and that's an extra four hundred and forty-five buck option. But the uh, the Kia K5, it gets uh, twenty-seven miles per gallon EPA rating for the city, and thirty-seven miles per gallon on the highway for a combined fuel economy of thirty-one miles per gallon, and the, the car comes with a 1.6-liter turbo four-cylinder engine, which puts out 180 horsepower, and that's hooked up to an eight-speed automatic transmission. Now, the car itself, it's built in West Point, Georgia, hmm. okay? And if we go through the numbers here, the U.S.-Canadian parts content is 55%. Foreign parts, the major source is Korea, 35%. But the engine and transmission, which is usually a big chunk of the car, is made in the USA. All right. Okay, yeah, and uh, going through the, the specs on the car, we, we were driving around and we thought it was relatively quiet. And then you look in the specs and it's got an acoustic front windshield, which is a windshield that's probably a little bit thicker 
to absorb the wind noise and some of the road noise. Mm. And the steering is fairly nice and tight on the car for me. It doesn't seem loose. It seems fairly tight, which is a pleasure for me to drive rather than trying to keep correcting all the time. And uh, oh, the one thing I found, though, there was no seat heater in the car, and uh, which I thought was kind of uh, a disadvantage here in the Northeast on some of these cold mornings, but it is an option for the car. I just thought it was uh, unusual that it didn't come standard. Mm. But uh, the list price, the manufacturer suggested retail price, the base version is 25390 Then you had the, uh, the extra paint job and the four-wheel drive, uh, the front-wheel drive premium package of $1,600, which includes the, the sunroof, LED headlights, and forward collision avoidance for cyclists, and the smart cruise control with stop-and-go. And that uh, bumps up the MSRP and then plus a oh, roughly $1,000 freight and handling charge. So the total cost of the vehicle was 28400 But I'm sure you could get a deal. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. So that's our ride of the week. All right. Very good. Uh, anything else automotive? Anything else automotive? Well, it just came over the news wires this morning. I think we talked about this last week. The deal to merge Fiat Chrysler and PSA, which makes Peugeot in Europe, has been finalized. They're on the stock market now Hmm. as Stellantis, S-T-E-L-L-A-N-T-I-S. So that's a new name we'll have to get used to. Okay. Yep until uh, either they merge or spin off some companies right, right. down the road. Yeah, doesn't have quite the same ring as Peugeot, I don't think. But, you know. <laughs> or even Fiat Chrysler even or Fiat FCA. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you yeah, have they, didn't, uh, Go ahead. they didn't use any of the legacy names in the new company name. Yeah, I guess they want to get a whole new start. <laughs> yep. And uh, yeah, well, let's see what the CEO, Carlos Tavares, does with uh, maybe chopping some models he don't he doesn't think are as productive as they should be. Mm-hmm. You know. All right. Uh, do you, Do you have a Musk minute for us by any chance? Yeah, a Musk minute. As we speak, I have it here on my computer. I'm looking on YouTube. There's supposed to be a new static firing of the Starship SN9 engines today. And last week they did a static test fire, but one of the engines had a problem. And so what they did, they switched that out. So now they want to retry a static fire with the three engines that would be used for the test hop, hopefully by the end of the week. Mm. And then uh, Elon's been saying that eventually he wants Starship to each Starship to fly three times a day. Wow. Three yep. times a day. <laughs> Three times a day, eventually. Okay. Huh. But, uh, you know, I remember the, the, the space shuttle. Oh, we're going to fly once a month. And that we saw what happened with that, each mm-hmm. one. But uh, three times a day, that seems a little optimistic. It does. Yeah. So wait, Maybe I, once I, a month, it would be uh, yeah. 
a good start. And I mean, and where are they flying to? Low Earth orbit? Is that is that the idea? Oh, when they're operational, yeah, yeah. they'd be flying. Oh, he, he he's going to Earth orbit, suborbital flights, going to the moon, and going to Mars. Right, but I mean, the, you know, obviously, the three times a day thing—they'd have to be fairly short flights. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, you know, if you've got a, you've got these boosters that these this is using now the. The Starship upper stage is going to have nine engines, and the booster is going to have about 30, 31 engines. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, you know, you've got to have a lot of inspection there or else have some good software that you can analyze the function of the engine to see if there's any health problems, as we say, on the engines to have maybe preventative maintenance. Mm. Yeah. Right, right. And that that's going to slow your turnaround time a bit, any maintenance. Yeah, absolutely. All right, um, anything else you have for us today? Okay, well, let's stay in space. Oh, very good. Okay, yeah. That uh, last week, or on Saturday, NASA was testing the four engines in its space launch system for the Artemis program to return to the moon. And this is... uh, Four engines on a modified space shuttle tank, and there are four modified space shuttle main engines, and they were into uh, two minutes into an eight-minute test firing all four engines, and it uh, one of the engines malfunctions and they had a shutdown. So that uh, that's the purpose of testing. Mm-hmm. And although maybe SpaceX would have called it a successful uh, <laughs> test, right. even though it didn't finish. Yeah, yeah. So we're, uh, I think they, they said something uh, about what, uh, I mean, this obviously sets them back, but was there some kind of a uh, uh, speculation as to you know when the next test might be set up? Well, I think it depends on what they find was a uh, cause of the malfunction, and they I haven't heard an announcement on that yet. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Uh, what else do you have for us? Well, in more NASA news, the uh, remember the Mars InSight probe that landed on Mars so oh, back in, I think, 2019, and they had a little uh, probe that was supposed to burrow down into the surface of the planet to take the temperature, right? Uh, get the heat budget of the planet, and they finally given up with trying to get that probe to go down as far as it had to. It's only been down maybe a, uh, not even a couple of feet, and it's supposed to go down around 10 feet to be effective. But the, uh, they said the soil was just too clumpy hmm. to, it, it wouldn't burrow down, and they even tried tapping it down to give it a little more friction. They had the scoop on the spacecraft was pushing down, and that didn't even work. But it's still... Re- returning data from the the surface and digging around with the scoop. And uh, part of the problem was there was a, a, a dust storm that covered the solar panels a bit to reduce the power that was going to the, the little mole probe. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, and I, and I guess they found out something about the composition of the soil. <laughs> Yeah, the, the adhesiveness, you know, yeah. burrowing down 10 feet, that's quite a ways to go. Yeah, no kidding. You, know, mm-hmm. you go in your backyard and try to dig down 10, <laughs> really? 10 feet with a with a pike even. You, yeah. 
Yeah. But the also in space, though, Richard Branson's company Virgin Orbit, oh, a few days ago, launched a small group of a group of small satellites using a modified 747 airliner that launched a rocket that went into space and uh, orbited a group of small satellites. Hmm. So that's a space success story we have for this weekend. Oh, nice. Was that called the uh, Jefferson Starship? (laughs) (laughs) The Branson Starship. (laughs) I know. I saw saw that video you sent me where they named one of the Virgin uh, airliners the Jefferson Airplane. Right. You know, and, and, right. and Grace Lick in our comments said, well, yep. it's a lot better than the Grateful Dead. You know, so. yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, anything else you have? Yes. Let, let's, uh, let's go to Abu Dhabi. Okay. And the Abu Dhabi uh, oil, oil company, it's a government-run oil company, has announced a program where they're going to uh, take natural gas, which they have a lot of there, and produce hydrogen and other renewable energy from natural gas and ship it around the world. And that, uh, that's called uh, blue, blue hydrogen because it's made from natural gas. So there's still some carbon footprint of that process. But another Abu Dhabi company has joined with uh, a company called Mubadala. Yep, okay, I guess that's it. Hmm. And they've joined with uh, Siemens Energy to produce green hydrogen, which means it's hydrogen that doesn't uh, process, that doesn't have any carbon footprint. Now, you wouldn't produce it from natural gas. You would produce it from seawater and water, so that the only products would be hydrogen and oxygen. Now, the only problem with that is, or that, uh, is you need a lot of energy, but they claim they've got the, you know, the Gulf country, the Gulf states have a lot of oil and they have a lot of sunshine. So with uh, all that sunshine there, maybe they can get enough electricity to make it economical to produce hydrogen from uh, breaking down water, electrolyzing water. And although I have to say about 10, 15 years ago, I was at a hydrogen conference up in Montreal, and BMW was demonstrating their hydrogen-powered car, which used hydrogen not in a fuel cell, but to combust it in the engine, to just run it as fuel for the engine, for the internal combustion engine. And even back then, the the Arab states and the Arab companies there were saying that we've got to we're going to eventually run out of oil, and so we're going to be producing hydrogen because we got all this sunshine. And that was ten, fifteen years ago. And uh, so far, they haven't run out of oil, but they haven't been producing much hydrogen either. Mm. So that's an interesting. Uh, Development there. We'll see where that goes. Yeah, look into Maybe the it'll be another 15 yeah. years. Yeah. So when they have a successful test, do they yell uh, Yabba Dabba Dubai? 
I thought you were going to play Abba Dabba Honeymoon. <laughs> is, that, is that a Jackie Gleason thing? I don't know. Okay. Well, anyway, what happened to the drum roll? Oh, we have the we have a cow. Okay. All right. Anything else you have? Yeah, a little closer to home. Okay. The something maybe on the more practical side. The University of Washington in Seattle. Uh, Engineers and researchers there have come up with what they call SoundWatch. It's a smartwatch app for deaf and hard of hearing people. Okay, it picks up sound. The, the smartwatch picks up sound and identifies it and sends like a, a buzz on the watch to the user that identifies the sound, such as a... Uh, a beeping microwave oven, maybe a siren, or maybe that uh, you've left the water running in the kitchen. And uh, so that uh, that's an interesting development. The, the smartwatch itself probably doesn't have enough power to, to do that, but what they do is the watch sends the sound to a smartphone, the, the wearer's smartphone, and the app on the phone analyzes the sound and sends it back to the phone as to what it is. I, it sends the identification back to the display on the phone. And they, uh, the developers of the, the app are trying to get it to work more for specific sounds and maybe identifying sounds from background noise and getting the direction of the sound, such as a siren, which way it's coming from. Or else you can have your your spouse's voice picked out of a crowd so you know if they're looking for you. Hmm. Or you could even have, say, identify the sound between the back door and the front door to know which way somebody's coming in the house or if they, the doorbell's ringing hmm. from the front or the back door. So that's, right. uh, that's kind of a, a practical down-to-earth thing. Uh, application okay so that's a wrap that's a wrap all right well glad very we good could get together glad we could get together and uh let's do it again next tuesday okay so that was cousin rick calling in from needham massachusetts with rick's tech talk a regular feature of the newtopian dream